0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature.
1: It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome one and all to the Storybox podcast, the place to be if you are a lover of stories. My name is Jay Phantom, former real estate agent, now living my purpose by sharing amazing people's stories with the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Now, let's venture into the story box together and hear more about our guest today. Welcome back, one and all, to the Storybox podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you're here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to actually listen to this episode I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it because my guest today is none other than YouTube sensation, Zach Perna. Now, I've been following this guy since pretty much the very beginning, and the reason why I decided to watch his videos was because they were different, they were funny, and his introduction was hectic. (laughs) I kid you not, if you haven't seen the guy's introduction, it's like, it's awesome, so go, go and watch it just for that, but... This guy's story is honestly, it's great. And um, I, I wanted to get him on for such a long time because this guy has a lot of great insights into the fitness world, achieving goals and just basically conquering things. He's also very creative, this uh, interview and what creativity really means to him. But Zach's journey into the gym was born out of pure insecurity. He wasn't happy with himself being the chubby kid. And as a result, he had low self-confidence and low self-esteem that affected his self-worth. I can relate to that so much. Uh, He hated sports and couldn't take off his shirt in public without feeling like the world was laughing at him. So when he was 15, he decided to do something about it. He had no idea what he was doing or where to start, and he determined to change his life and do the one thing that he could. He just started. Uh, Running up his street, he threw on... Uh, step one, eating nothing but chicken and lettuce for step two, uh, something that I did a lot of except for spinach, except for lettuce, sorry, it was spinach. And um, he did the worst things that he possibly could just to get away from being a chubby kid. Then he became a skinny kid and he became a skinny kid with the goal of building muscle, which soon he learned uh, would prove to be an even harder challenge. It's taken him 10 years of relentless training research, valuable experience, learning from experts around him to learn what he knows now. He's got a huge following on Instagram and on Facebook and on uh, YouTube as well. He's built up uh, a massive subscriber base of 692,000 people, millions of views as well. People watch this guy because he's not only entertaining, he's funny, he's creative, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. Uh, and it keeps you guys entertained. He's sponsored by EHP Labs and Gymshark as well. And I know you guys are going to get a lot out of this guy's story. So with that being said, my friends, I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you enjoy this episode, please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Share this one around to all your friends and family members. I know you guys are going to get a lot of insight. If you are wondering about how to overcome self-esteem issues, and this is the episode for you, it's not hint it's not just about joining the gym okay uh but let us know what you think by leaving a five-star rating and review over on apple podcast as well all the links will be in the show notes below for you guys to check it out so with that being said my friends let's dive into the story box and here's zach Herner's story and also ladies he's single
0: thank you very much for having me i'm excited to, to get into it
1: how many podcasts have you done just out of curiosity
0: um, I only just started doing them maybe two weeks ago. I've done, so this is my third.
1: Oh, epic, man. Oh,
0: yeah, great, yeah. I always had... Um,
1: lucky, the charm. <laughs> as I, yeah.
0: but I always had a, just a rule uh, because I had so many requests to do uh, podcasts. I was always just like, I'm sorry, I can't do it as a blanket rule. I won't do it. But then now I was like, no, I'll start making um, the effort to just, you know, it doesn't take too long, an hour out of the day here and there. So I was like, I'll see how many we can do. So number three.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I usually have one question that I love asking people to sort of start things off. And that is, what does success look like to you?
0: That is tough. Um, I think success to me is uh, having the freedom to do the things you want to do and also contribute in a way that is meaningful to you as well. Uh, And be able to reach your full potential and just tick off your goals. That's kind of my, that's my own little definition of it because that's what I try to strive for every day.
1: Mm. Where did this definition of success come from for you? Has it sort of been like this gradual thing over time that you sort of started realizing it? Or was there like a catalyst moment somewhere in your life?
0: Multiple, I think. I think like back when I first started on this, it meant a different thing because I know that when I started, I looked to the superficial things a bit more as like the measures for success, like the money, all that sort of thing. Um, and then in the numbers, especially in social media, it's such like a numbers game. But then when I got those things, I still didn't feel, uh, the, the, the successful, you know what I mean? Like I still, I'm like, Oh, this is a bit weird. There's a bit, there's more to it. Um, and then I found what things actually made me happy, which was like the fulfillment you get from doing something that you love and giving back as well as challenging yourself and reaching those like Little, those little goals, actually hitting them when you set them. Instead of, like, how can I put it? When I first started, I, I didn't have a lot of self belief. Like, I just would have goals very short term, very minor. I didn't really think. And it was a bit of like a little myself. And then in the past, probably only two years, have I opened that up with everything else. And then I feel like I can, that's where I really enjoy that. Where I go, wow, you can actually do a lot of. You can do a lot of shit in this if you mm. if you have your head screwed on the right way. So that's why I guess the definition has kind of changed over in the last few years, just all, multiple events because it started off very slow, if that makes sense.
1: Because mm. like I was saying to you in the beginning, I've been following you since pretty much you had around 5,000 subscribers, which for me is a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, But just seeing the growth that you've had over the years, how long have you been doing it for now?
0: I think nearly four years now yeah. on, on YouTube for four years, yeah. What and since years? 2015 on Instagram.
1: Yeah. So you've been doing it for such a short period of time. And when was it that you started seeing the most amount of growth? Was it this year, last year?
0: I think probably my second year into it of YouTube. It was the second mm-hmm. year where it, re- where it really picked up. And maybe that was my when I got from like over 100,000 subscribers. It mm-hmm. was probably the quickest. Went from 100 to 300 real quick. There's a big blur there.
1: So, um, are you able to share with the audience why you decided to actually go on YouTube in the first place?
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I was actually terrified. I never wanted to do it. I I didn't like the idea of it at all. I was sponsored by, um, you know, Strong Liftwear? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So the, um, clothing company, Gymwear in Australia, I was sponsored by them as my first like proper sponsorship. And um, the owner Andrew, like we became really good mates, and he was he would always like help me out because he was a bit older, so he'd always give me his like advice. And um, I was only like maybe fifty thousand on Instagram at that point, so I was getting there, but no YouTube at all. He goes, "Man, you got to do YouTube. You've got a different personality. You know, you do weird shit. You're funny. you gotta... I'm like, oh, okay, but I really didn't want to do it because like the idea of that was just was just stressing me out. But um, but I'm like, I'll do it because he said it. So then I literally started putting out videos. And it took me like, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Luckily I had my Instagram following that would go there. So I'd get, you know, a few hundred views a video, maybe a thousand views and I just eased my way into it. And then I started to like how I could literally just like jump on there and then have a conversation with people basically like just tell them run through a topic and then have all these people to go, wow, that was really helpful. Um, and then it kind of like went into something that I actually liked doing. Like then I would do the food challenge videos and then I did those videos like for me basically because that was like just what i wanted to do
1: mm. so i, w- I want to know like going back a little bit to i guess your your backstory and how you got started in the fitness industry in the first place and what sort of you wanted to be when you grew up so are able to share sort of like what your dreams aspirations were as a kid
0: yeah 100 it always changed when i was younger i was always like very ambitious as a very young kid like i always wanted in my eyes, the, the big things like the doctor, the, you know, I always want to be a doctor when I was younger. Um, so that was always the plan, I guess, in primary school. And then, uh, in high school, I just, I kind of didn't really know, but I thought we'll just keep pushing and see what we can do. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to do a business thing at some point. Like I just, thought whatever it is, I wanted to be, um, in business. I think I just wanted that, that look of the, the guy in a suit driving a nice car. That's kind of was like my thing when I was 17. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Um and so I worked pretty hard in high school and got a decent enter score. And then I did commerce at uni. So that was like um my first, I guess, um uh, real world type thing where I was like, okay, well, what's gonna happen? Um and I did it, finished it, but I didn't like it. So that kind of gave me the um I guess the insight into well, I don't really I don't really like this. I wasn't really passionate about it. And at that same time when I was at uni, that's when I was really focusing on the fitness side of things. And it was literally in that time within that three years of the course that I managed to make fitness a hobby to my job. So I skipped the chance of actually having to go find like a proper, like I did full-time jobs, like, you know, working at the chemist supplement shops and stuff, but really entering the workforce. Like I I skipped that and just went straight into fitness.
1: Mm. So who was, was there someone that actually got you into the gym or was it more your curiosity? No, hundred
0: percent. It was my, my brother got me into training when I was about 14 home workouts running. Cause I was like an overweight kid. I was a bit chubby. So he got me started in the first place. And then one of my mates dragged me into the gym when I was 15. He's like, and it was just a, it was a social thing, but I went there and it was just like so much fun. Like I loved it. I think from the first time I went there, I was like, it was fun. But it, And then did it every day since like, since mm. I was 15.
1: And then when was it like, okay, so you've, you've done all that. You've finished uni. I believe you got, <laughs> you got a degree. So you started your own business in fitness or you started like, did you train as a personal trainer or nutrition coach or anything like that?
0: Yeah. So I went straight to online training because at the time I was already doing um, the diet plans and just p- like PDFs for people. <clears throat> and then um, <clears throat> and then I got an opportunity to, to scale up the business a little bit and, and get my own app and really take things like to the next level in that sense. So that was probably... <clears throat> two a bit over two years ago, two years ago now. Um, but my first kind of job in the fitness was just off social media, so just full time with YouTube and Instagram, and then um, the sponsors, all the stuff that came with that, and then doing my own stuff on the side. And it was just like a gradual build from there.
1: Mm. So, how do you, for a young person <clears throat> actually struggling with self-esteem, having gone through it myself, mm-hmm. having low self-esteem for such a long time, and even for you? what would you recommend for a young person? Like how can they actually build their own self-esteem and self-confidence?
0: That's such a good question. Uh, and I think it's so twisted in like the answer to that online now and what you see, because when I first started, I thought the answer was just in a physical sense, like look like this, you'll be happy, you'll be confident, you'll be fine. Um, and it, that's half the battle. Like if you can look better, it's, it's good and it's going to do it for you. It, it's going to help. But I feel like if you don't address, um, and I've said this before, if you don't address like the reasons of why you struggle with self esteem, then you're always going to have them. Like, especially you'll find in the fitness industry you've got some of the best physiques ever and they're the most self-conscious people you'll meet. You know, they, there's these girls that look incredible and they're like, hate themselves because they never really have that conversation with themselves of like, should I be valuing myself on my abs or something bigger than that? So I like to tell people to have goals and like, aspirations of what you want to look like what get your body get your confidence there there is some kind of superficial element to it because everybody wants to look good and it helps but um i really want to emphasize to like especially the young guys out there that you need you can't value that shit all the time you know you're not going to have abs forever and then when your body goes or if something happens you're going to feel like a piece of shit so like i say like try and tie yourself with bigger things than just what you look like you know like it's all well and good to to be confident, and look good. But if you really, if you really want that, it's got to be something that's not, you know, to do with looks like your ability to impact people, your contribution, who you are as a person, all that kind of stuff is what I strive um, to be more comfortable with just every day.
1: Mm. So why why do you think that you struggle with self-worth and self-confidence was it because you were a chubby kid?
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't have that um, body that like, even just a, uh, skinny kid with abs, you know, like a kid, you forget kids would just want that. And if they don't have it, it feels like they just, well, it's very embarrassing. You know, it's very like, it just affects them and nobody would really know it. Cause you just think, oh, kids are young. They probably don't care. And it's like a lot of them just, or most of them do.
1: Mm. Yeah. I noticed like there's, um, 13, 14 year olds hitting the gym now trying to build muscle and, you know, trying to get into fitness, so to speak. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's all superficial. It's all to look a certain way to impress people. And yeah. Like, I know. Cause I fell into that trap as well, but even more so to like 2016, I got into CrossFit and I was like, "That, that these guys have got like rocking bods. I want that too. Cause mm-hmm. then apparently I'm going to get the girls. Um, didn't end up working out like that because I had like zero confidence in who I was as a person. And I yeah. thought, then when I got it, when I got the APAC, when I got, you know, ripped, um, because that's what happened, I was just like, well, where are the girls at? Like, come on. But nothing yeah, was... You would
0: nothing. Have thought you'd hear it out as well. You would have thought you'd get that confidence as soon as you achieve the look and it's just,
1: Exactly. It's but just not it, like that. It's something deeper though. Like you've, you've got to actually figure out who am I? I've got to figure out like what is my purpose? What's my... My identity, so to speak, and it's not really found. Like the body helps, but like you said, the looks fade. You're not going to have the six pack all the time. You know, I'm getting older. I'm I'm like 24 now, and I've noticed like it's uh, it's a lot harder. Your metabolism starts slowing itself down Mm -hmm. over time. Like when you're a young kid, you can eat whatever you want, and yeah, got the genes. So be it. Yeah. Like, do you get? I don't know if this happened to you, man, but when, when you're growing up, did you used to get jealous of people that were like they could eat whatever they wanted, eat total rubbish and still yep. keep the, <laughs> the six pack? And didn't understand Yeah, like
0: <laughs> I I, so was, I love food as well. Like I really love food, have my whole life. So I was always like, How is this a thing? Like it just yeah. didn't get
1: it. it's just it wasn't fair, but now like <laughs> everything that you know you with fitness, with business, the whole thing. All of that for me, I realised that okay, my my purpose is really to help people. So what I yep. want to ask you, Zach, is what what's your purpose and where did you find it?
0: Um, that's a that's a good question. I think my purpose is definitely to impact other people in as many ways as I can. I think, like in my element, it's entertainment and empowering people through fitness because that's like. It's my passion is fitness. Um, But I also really love to entertain people. Like, so that's kind of like I found my little crossover um, with like, you know, just combining knowledge and and entertainment as well. So that's my, that's my biggest thing. That's what I basically, that's what drives every piece of content, every single thing that I'm doing every day is, is that, is that purpose?
1: Do you ever get sick of it? No. Sick
0: of I get sick of little bits of it. Like maybe if I'm doing something that's repetitive, um, little mundane tasks, but I'm lucky that I have so many like ways to diversify. Like if I'm say filming YouTube videos, I'm not filming the same video every time. It's like, mm. it's always so different. It forces me to be creative and think about things, get better at the craft of actually making videos too. That's like a, that's a big one that takes a lot of time and is fun too. So I guess it's different enough every day that I'm like happy to keep, just keep doing it.
1: What do you do when you get the negative comments?
0: Don't even acknowledge them, to be honest with you. It's, um, it depends. Like if I get negative comments from my mates or like family or somebody, somebody I actually care about and they're saying something that they're doing it for me, then I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to it a bit. But if it's from randoms online, which 99% of it is, <laughs> um, I, I, I've learned just to get a little bit of thick skin and either don't even look at them, like don't even read into it, or just don't overcomplicate it overthink it and like take it personally because mm. I just found that pe- people are always going to say just talk absolute shit especially if they don't know you like you'll get people that will find my channel and, and just suddenly one video that it might make them just hate me or whatever um and I can't blame them for <laughs> for that because they, they've they only seen two minutes and they're like I hate it you know I'm in a yeah. shit mood so like I've learned not to take it personally um and I just try not to value too much praise or negativity to be honest
1: mm. I think that's an important thing because I needed to hear that because, like, I, I do the podcast, right? And I, I'm also like venturing into releasing these sorts of videos on on YouTube too, so people can watch them. And mm. you know, there are those negative naysayers, but I like how you <clears throat> made the distinction between whether or not it's your close friends or family, or whether or not it's just keyboard warriors. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah. The people that actually personally know you we'll have constructive criticism. If you, if you're doing something, that you could be better. Like there's been times when like my family might say, Hey, we noticed you did this in the video. How about you?" You know, or maybe there's the amount of times that I've been called out for things like that's probably going to be offensive and I'll change it before the video goes out or something, (laughs) you know, but like if if I've got a random, that's going to like come in and just say something most of the time, man, it's just coming from their own place. They're They're dealing with their own shit. They didn't agree with something. I'm like, well, fine. I can't, can't, I'm not here to change your mind or anything, so you just—I just don't read into it.
1: You are—you're a creative person. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this question before, but what do you think it means to be creative?
0: Nobody's ever asked me that. That's actually—I think, like, using what you've got and your own tools, and just thinking outside the box. So, like, taking inspiration from things that you like and like aspects, but then being able to sit down and flesh it out into a bigger idea and then just like run with it. And just whatever, whatever you kind of thought was a good idea at a time, just go with it. That's like what I, that's my basic process with every like little comedy skit or whatever. Um, If I write, I do it when I'm in like a certain creative mood or like in a funny mood. And I'll think if I think it's funny, I'll script it immediately and I won't second guess it. Cause I'll then go back to that like a week later, read it and be like, what the hell that's, as if that, that might be a bit weird or whatever, but I'll still do it because I feel like at that point in time I was running with it and I was confident. I'm like, this is good. You know what I mean? So it's like getting those zones and those flow states and just like, just going.
1: That's a good answer, man. Like I always thought creativity was like a way to solve problems too. Don't mm-hmm. mind my dog. She's just walking out. She got sick of yeah. talking. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a it's such a powerful thing and I'm always curious about because when we say, oh, I'm being creative, what does that actually mean? Like when you break it down? And yeah. what I want to ask you, man, is like is there a peak moment in the day for you where you feel like you are the most creative?
0: Uh, yeah, I reckon um, immediately after a morning workout, so maybe 10 a.m. Is, yeah. yeah. is, is pretty much my – like because then I'll still be fasted. I won't eat until like – 1130. And usually at that time, I'm pretty much good to go. I think I agreed to this podcast at around that time or something. Like that's usually like the way that my brain works <laughs> is that, oh, I'm just saying yes. at pm, yeah. Running on endorphins and creativity. Like it's always what I do my best work.
1: Nice, man. So like, what does your schedule normally look like on a, on a daily basis?
0: I used to um, get up super early. So maybe around like six earlier than that. And then I do a little bit of cardio um, because I think the mornings were always good in terms of my productivity. If I really need to smash something out, like I can work hours in the morning, no distractions, nothing. But lately what I've done in the past probably three weeks, which has been really good is um, especially like with lockdown and everything, um, i wake up around seven. So I'm getting around eight hours sleep. And then I just go, um, I start my whole routine
1: yeah, go for it, man.
0: So um, It's basically the same thing every single day. Um, I wake up around seven um, and then I'll go out and I'll read for around uh, half an hour, a bit over. Um, and that will be a book on something that's like actually challenging to like my brain. So maybe like a self-development one or something to do with um, like a marketing or something like that, something I want to learn. Um, and then from there, I'll go down and do a workout, um, still fasted. End of the workout, I'll do 30 minutes cardio because I'm currently dieting. And then I'll come back up, cook some food, bring it to my desk here, and then get started on whatever work that I'm I'm doing that day. So usually like um, I'll already have planned out what I'm going to do that day, like the night before. So then I start work. And then from, I reckon, what's that? 11 a.m. until uh, probably four, I'm just sitting here doing that, doing whatever it is. Um, Or if I'm filming, then I'm obviously... I'm do out doing that, so maybe three times a week I'm doing more filming stuff, and the rest is like an office job. And then I'll be in bed at about around like ten, and I'll read again, different like a different book, um, something that's not as like mentally draining, if that makes sense. Like so, I'm just I can switch off a little bit, and um, and then do a bit of journal writing before bed, and then plan out the next day, and that's just repeat. It's
1: pretty much similar to my routine, except without making videos. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> For now. For now. For now. (laughs) But I like I like I'm I'm always curious about the kind of you know, you're always going on different diets and you're always giving information to people about different diets. And is there one particular food that you couldn't live without?
0: Yeah. Um it's probably heaps. I think every single day I have Lately, I've had, I've had bread for as long as I can remember. Like every single day. I think cause when I was younger, it, it was like a, such a bad diet food that I couldn't have it. So I like never put it in my diet. So it's such a bro thing. And then now when I, when I realized that I could actually have it, I think I'm just like, I have to, I have to have it every single day. But I also had like, um, probably a bit of chocolate every single day as well. Cause I'm just a bad snacker. Like I just, If I'm like bulking, I won't snack at all. If I've got all the calories in, I'm like, I just hate it. But if I start to diet, it's just, I just have to live with it.
1: So have you ever gotten to the point where you're so skinny, you don't have any fat on you that you feel miserable?
0: Oh, yeah. Multiple times, yeah. When I was, I did my, like my first bodybuilding competition when I was like 19 and that I remember, oh my God, it, it was the worst, like this is like why I've, think that people shouldn't glorify competing as much because like they don't hear about this side of thing. But when I was like, I literally had no body fat at all. I was eating, my diet was so boring. I was having egg whites and a little bit of sweet potato for breakfast. And that was my carbs. It was just sweet potato with egg whites. And then for uh, for my next two meals was a tin of tuna in water, like a big one and um, broccoli or other green vegetables with no dressing, just apple cider vinegar on top of it. Right. And I'd take that I'd take that to uni with me. And then, um, post-workout, I didn't even have a protein shake. I had another big tin of tuna and water dinner. I had chicken or white fish and vegetables. And then before bed, I had a sugar-free jelly thing. So the calories would have been maybe 1300 if I was lucky and carbs were like non-existent. And I was doing an hour plus cardio every single day. And I was what? just dead. Yeah. I, but in my mind, like when I, when I just commit to something, I'm pretty, I'm just a robot. Yep. I didn't give myself a choice and I just went, just went nuts. It was, it was bad.
1: I, I can say like I wasn't competing for any competition, but mm-hmm. in, towards late 2016 or 2017. I did something pretty stupid. I got the, the bug because I stopped doing CrossFit. So then I was like, what am I going to do for fitness? I started running and I've mm-hmm. never been a long distance runner before. So I just sort of built my way up to it and started getting better and better at it because that's, that's how my brain works. And yeah. then I ended up running for two hours every single morning. Like <laughs> seriously, a marathon. How far, like,
0: how far would you go?
1: I'd probably go about almost 18, 19 k's. kilometers, 20 k's. Yeah. yeah, every single morning, man, without fail, I would just go and go and go, listen to podcasts. And,
0: mm.
1: and what I didn't eat properly either. Like my diet consisted of one kilo bag of spinach a day And, uh, cheese sauce, (laughs) sauce. I made, I made cheese sauce all the time and put that with the spinach and I'd eat it like it was going out of fashion. That's all I had. It protein. no protein, completely stuffed up my bowel, everything, which ended me, I ended up in hospital for nine days after it. And I had a nurse, man, she goes, she comes up to me. She's like, so why do you run for two hours? And I'm like, I don't know, I like it. She's like, but no, why? <laughs> and like, you don't need to run two hours. And I'm like, well, but I thought I was fat. So I needed to get my mind yeah. right. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the funny thing is, during that entire process as well, Gordon Ramsay became my hero. And I started learning how to cook. Oh uh, yeah. Started learning how about nutrition, about proper foods. And then when I left it, I was like, "This is great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start cooking." But it took me another year and a bit to really get my mind exactly. properly. Um, it's hard
0: once you get stuck in that way of thinking. Like it's pretty hard to break uh, those thought patterns and like just normal habits. Like it gets a bit weird, especially when you get down that that body dysmorphia side of things. It just gets very weird.
1: It is, and it's sort of like you don't want to put on the weight mm, like once you lose it it's sort of like this weird thing that happens in your brain where you think like that's okay to be this size, even though you yeah. feel miserable, you feel lethargic all the time. You just want to mm-hmm. kill everything that moves <laughs> because that's what happened. And, you know, like you, you don't want to eat any negative foods because your brain's telling you that's bad for you, you're going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. But I think exactly you shift it, it like, it helps. And, I, and that's, I, that's what I like about your videos as well is, there's no bullcrap. It's just straight mm. down the line to the point. This is the truth of it. Yeah. And I've been able to like, I like how you have a combination of foods mm. on your channel. It's not just, oh, yeah. and you have bread too.
0: Yeah. I have, I have most foods to be honest with you. I love, I love all foods. So I try to like, Incorporate, especially now. Whatever I'm like feeling like, I'll just incorporate that into my daily diet because I feel like the more you can, you feel like you can't have foods, and the more you miss them, the worse it does. Like that's the just keeps taking its toll in such like just a progressive way. So I found if I am starting to think I really want that, no, I can't have it, shouldn't have it. If I get those thoughts, I need to just like block them immediately. You know, like that's why I'll like I said before, I have chocolate probably every day because if I didn't, it gets to a point where I go. I'm building it up, building it up, and then on one day I'll go all out and binge. You know, <laughs> if, you it, if you call it cheat day, and then it. it just, <laughs> you know?
1: Is there such thing as a full-on cheat day, or is it just a cheat meal?
0: It's. Uh, I used to be. It used to be a cheat day, and I can vouch for every single person dieting that gets to a low body fat. You can probably agree, is that when you give yourself these cheat days and refeed days, you can happily go and eat anything every, like all day, all day, like five meals a day. You could have around six thousand calories gladly.
1: They're glorious <laughs> days.
0: <laughs> they're so good and they're so bad. You know, yeah. because what it's actually... I remember like when I was probably 19, 18, when I was first first doing them, my refeed days, and I just had all these cravings for like everything. I'd probably put away 7,000 calories or 6,000 calories, was silly. Um, but then I felt like it was all right because it was just a one day. And then everyone's like, oh, no, one, you know, one day I can't do that to you. It's all good if you have one day. It's like as if it's strategic. But really the problem and like... This is what I've been thinking lately. A lot about like the industry is that people think that that's alright, and then everybody dieting gets to this point where on one day of the week, if they if they like hold it in that much, they're going to they're going to binge at some point. Like it's kind of just their body's fight; they're fighting against their own body. And so, if you're not aware of that, it'll just it'll hit you, and you're like, "Shit, what do I do?" And Then you've got to deal with it.
1: Mm. I think firstly get your mind right, then <laughs> mm. work on the food like you got to see yep. food as a good thing, not a bad thing. 100%. And once you get that right, then you can start, I guess, playing with flavors and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But what I want to ask you, man, is I've always been curious about this question. Um, what is the weirdest food combination you've ever had?
0: Weirdest food combination? Oh, like weird isn't good or weird isn't bad?
1: Can be both. Like, I'm, I'm curious about both. Okay. I reckon
0: probably the be- the most surprising recently, I'm going to say, see, I only had veggie and eggs the other day, like for the first oh, time, probably a couple of months God. ago. That was the only time I've had it. And I was like, holy shit, how long have I had this? is actually sick. So that's been like a few um, a few breakfast choices. Um, and another good one, which is not weird, but it probably makes a lot of sense. Have you had that Biscoff spread?
1: Yeah, man. Love that stuff. hey. Right. So
0: that with, um, and I mix it with protein yogurt, like just Chobani and like whey, um, vanilla protein yogurt, that and then some jam. And it just tastes like this cheesecake bowl of goodness. Uh, it's the absolute best. That's like my go-to dessert.
1: That is so good. I have the, uh, the Yopro, uh, yeah. the Yopro salted caramel, the vanilla, and I put peanut butter with honey, almond, uh, not almonds, walnuts, and macadamia nuts. I mix it together. Yeah. Oh, it's heaven on earth. I get the bishop occasionally if I'm feeling it, but-
0: Feeling adventurous.
1: Feeling adventurous, yeah, but for the most part, it's just the peanut butter, like smash half a jar of peanut butter a day. No way. (laughs) Yeah, man. Actually? Actually, 100%. Peanut butter addict, that's crazy. Peanut butter addict. And here's another one I think you might, you gotta try it before you mock it. You know these, um, the rice crackers? Yep. So you have rice crackers, I put butter, peanut butter mm. and cheese. Really? Yes. What
0: kind of cheese? Just like regular sliced cheese?
1: You get cheddar cheese if you want or, or you can get um, Gouda. That's full on.
0: It, it, yeah. I, can't even, I can't even imagine that. Is, it good? Is, uh, is that one of those things where it's only good if you're eating like 500 calories a day? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this, is, this is like spinach and cheese sauce all over
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah pretty much not kidding
0: it's anything tastes good when i'm dieting if maybe if i get my calories so low i'll give it a go and i'm like this is the best thing I
1: <laughs> pretty much like I, I say i figured it out one day i'm like well i wonder what this would try or it tastes like you know mm-hmm. so I, I did it and it just became like this little addiction that i had every now and then i just go you know if i'm feeling hungry and there's nothing else in the fridge if i don't want a mm-hmm. massive meal then i'll just go crackers, butter, peanut butter, cheese.
0: Let's go. Well, it's so strong in flavor that like I'm sure that would be actually pretty like satiating because it's just all like very intense.
1: It's the best thing ever, man. Like you got to I'll give, I'll me, give it a go. Give it a yeah. go. You know how you, how you go with it. Um, a couple more questions for you. Like really love this conversation, by the way. Um, this one is my legacy question that I ask people at the very end. Um, Mm -hmm. being able to reach the age of 100 now I don't even know how old you are at the moment but imagine for a moment you've been able to reach the age of 100 and your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done Don't ask me how they got it all we'll just call it magic but they just did Um, but I don't think it'd be too hard because you're putting everything out there on YouTube anyway but (laughs) um, they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday what do you want that film to say and to show about your life?
0: Hmm I guess I'd want it to show a sense of like just me being me, completely different, completely weird, you know, what they say unapologetically yourself. I'd like that because that just shows that confidence, not caring about what other people think. That's like a big one that I'd want um, to have. And also um, I'd want to see what I do have an effect on a lot, a lot of people like in better other people's lives in that way. And then I'd want to see that I, had a good time and enjoyed it and I'm 25 currently as well.
1: You're 25, man. That's, yep. I'm 24 and not, mm. not too much age difference.
0: It's cool. You look older than me, I reckon.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. a <laughs> I, I gla- glasses,
0: facial hair combo, I
1: reckon. Yeah, I, I get like, I look 30, but. Yeah, that I would have thought that. Yeah, but um, I always say um, I'm young at heart, old in mind. <laughs> yeah, you do yeah. look wise. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> funny. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this, man. Is there someone on the cards for you in terms of female relationship? Any anyone on, on the cards? No,
0: nah, not currently. No. Nah. I'm very um I'm very picky. I can't uh I can't be with a girl if she's has a personality of a brick wall. It's just not on. <laughs> you know, so that's this is one of those things where I'm happy to I'm happy to wait, I'm a patient guy. So, um, at the moment, it's just, it's just me and my dog, Bear.
1: Nice. At this point. Same, same with me and, and Michael. <laughs> <Except laughs> she walked
0: out a while ago. I saw that. She, <laughs> she
1: walked out on me. <laughs> she just left. She had left enough. The- <laughs> 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 that was great. Uh, my last question for you, man, is what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received?
0: Um, stay in your lane and uh, don't venture out. In, in, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically it. Of putting a lid on yourself and just and not trying to really have a crack and see what you can do. Mm. There's been people when they, you know, when there's those people try to kind of like they do it in a way to make themselves kind of feel a bit better when yeah. they're saying, oh, maybe, maybe don't dream too big. It's like one of those things. And that really grinds my gears because like as a young kid, you'll probably believe that. But now it's like, yeah, as you realize what you can do, you can go, no, nah, that's terrible. That's terrible advice. So in any of those, any way of saying that, 100%. Mm.
1: Sorry, I'm smiling because um, I like that answer. I'm smiling because my dog just walked back in. She came back into my life. <laughs> she's <laughs> back
0: in. <laughs> I'm so happy for she's you man giving... stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's giving me this face like she... Uh, the eyes like she still cares. She's, she's pretending like she still cares just for your own sake. <laughs> just to get what she wants which is a walk yeah.
0: and, and maybe some crackers cheese and peanut butter <laughs> she loves
1: it too hey like I kid you not I give it to her she loves it like, <laughs> I don't doubt it I don't doubt that at all we've both got massive sweet tooth so like <laughs> yeah um, Zach man it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on the Storybox thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing your story I uh, really do appreciate it
0: of course no thank you for having me it was good
1: I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Fansom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time.